Welcome everyone to Oh Come On Sports! Oh come on! With Mike and Jesse, we're sitting here in chilly, very chilly Calgary. I think it's minus 26 outside right now. I have no clue what that is in Fahrenheit if anybody's listening from the U.S. 10? It, it's, it's fucking cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, they call it the Polar Vortex. It's like a supervillain. That makes it seem colder you, yes, when you call yes, it that. Yes, uh, it is fucking cold here. Uh, but we're we're going to warm your hearts with a lot of talk today, a lot of trade talk. And, of course, we'll have some donkeys of the week. And, um, and we're also going to be watching the Spurs and Warriors game that's going to be starting in two minutes here. So we may be commenting on that as the show goes on. On to some NFL. Big news, uh, which everyone knows about. The Patriots won their sixth Super Bowl this uh, in this century. Ho hum, just yeah, a, just, just another one. Just another one. Whatevs. Uh, they won thirteen to three over the Rams. Uh, what a snorefest that was! Wasn't a great game, and I've heard people say like, "Stop calling it a bad game." It was a great defensive matchup. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Con- there was some good defense played, but I, I wouldn't consider that necessarily a great defensive matchup. It no. seemed like. I mean, maybe maybe both maybe Belichick kind of just out schemed uh, the the Rams to the point where he, they couldn't really come up with anything. And at this, like, and Phillip, Wade Phillips did the same thing to the Patriots right. offense, right? Yeah. Like they played really well. What I took away from it was was that it there was no flow to the game. Like it wasn't like yeah, the D was stopping them, but a lot of it was. Bad offense. Yeah. I thought it was more bad offense than great defense, to be quite honest. that That's what I took away from the game, especially on the Rams' end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not understand a lot of their game planning. It made no sense to me, and, but I guess that's a Belichickian thing. For sure. To to be able to do that. And I'm not – like, I'm, I'm not super down on Goff. I know a lot of people on, in, on the internet are way oh. farther down on him than I am, but he didn't look good. And this was the second consecutive game where he looked like, uh, I, I don't know if it's the bright lights or what's going on, but he didn't look comfortable. He's 24. That's the thing, yeah. He's 24. He's yeah. going to learn. Now, I am going to bash him later in, in, in this podcast right. a little bit. Because, Sounds good. Because, you know, if you're a professional athlete, nobody is safe. Oh, no, you, you, you can take the scrutiny. That's right. No That's what you're getting there. paid for. Yeah. Um, uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, halftime show, to, in my opinion, sucked. Uh, yeah, it was just it was just fine to me. It was just yeah. it was kind of not. It wasn't great. It wasn't the worst. They, the sound was good. I thought yeah. probably because they're in that stadium as I opposed guess, to being outside. But I, I guess "suck" is the wrong word. It was bland. It yeah. was boring. Like there was uh, Beyonce shut off the goddamn power at one. Lady Gaga jumped off the the roof of one. Yeah. Like, Katy Perry comes out in a goddamn tiger. Like. Yeah. You know, all this crazy shit. Uh, Prince had rain come down and stuff. Like, all this crazy stuff had happened in past it, it performances. Almost seemed, and this was just like, oh. It almost seemed like they wanted it to be kind of a blah. They didn't want any kind yeah. of fanfare from it. They didn't want any publicity, negative or positive, it seemed almost. Because they didn't really go out of their way to do anything memorable. They just kind of wanted to do a little show. But we got to see Adam Levine's nipples, which I'll never want to see ever again. Yeah. Uh, and all his weird tattoos, I don't know. Yeah, he's an uh, interesting, uh, interesting individual. I know the ladies liked it, I've been told. Uh, yeah, I there, guess. There was a whole big thing on CNN about how, how, how come Adam Levine can show his nipples, but uh, Janet Jackson can't show <laughs> hers. 
think of course there was. Get out of here, CNN. You're a joke. Of course there was. You're a joke. Because it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Let's just all pretend everyone's the same. There's yes, no, yes. There's because, no genders here. Yeah, because a man topless is the exact same as a woman topless, for sure. <laughs> and don't get for me sure. wrong, I'm fine with it. I, I think Janet should be able to show her boobs, but hey. it's not the same. No, 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 no. It, <laughs> Jesus Christ, CNN. Uh, going back to the game, though, um, Brady, Brady played okay. He wasn't anything special. He had those two great throws at the end uh, yeah. to Gronk. Gronk stepped up big. Um, no, on, on a couple plays. It's not like he had a fantastic yeah. game, but he's at the point of his career now where you just need him to be there for a couple plays. See and he came he, through. You know, big time. The most impressive thing about the Patriots since Belichick took over and it, like obviously coincided with Brady, I'm more impressed with Belichick than I am with Brady. And that's nothing against Brady because I think he's probably with the smartest QB. Absolutely. Probably ever. But you're right to be. Uh, uh, but Belichick, Belichick, like it's just insane. Year after year, being on top, and and you're able to basically set up a new game plan every single week and be like a chameleon. Like one week you could be a pass uh, happy team, and the next week you're a run heavy team. Like yeah. it's just like it's crazy how he does it. And year after year, he's got all those guys buying into the system. There's never anybody that comes out and. Like, like like what happened in Seattle, yeah. you know, like where you looked at them and you're like, whoa, this is a dynasty in the making, but nothing ever came of it because egos got in the way. Right. That never happens in New England, and it's insane. No, they're the most prepared team in the league by far. By I, far. I think uh, Belichick has a saying that uh, from the book uh, The Art of War, I believe, and I might, I'll paraphrase it a little bit because I don't remember exactly what it is, but basically it says that the battle is won before you hit the battlefield. So yeah. what he's saying is preparation is everything. Yeah. You win the war before you even fight. And, it, it. and it's so true. It's so true because they, on defense... They schemed things that, that the Rams had seen on, on tape that the Patriots didn't even do that stuff. They threw it all away and they did completely new things to defend the Rams. And Goff was was frazzled the entire game. Yeah. Um, and then on offense, they couldn't get going for the life of them. And then in the second half, you could tell, like, Josh, this was Josh McDaniels, but they adjusted. They went to more of those option routes with Edelman and stuff and they got working underneath again and, and just went down the field. It's just insane. Why does it seem like the Patriots can hit Edelman underneath any time they want? Every single like time. every time. And Tony Romo sits back there and he's like, Edelman in the middle. Edelman yeah. in the middle. He knows it's coming. I don't understand why the teams don't put their best corner on Edelman. Yeah. Like, is, it, is it because teams are playing? Is it because corners like like I know uh, Richard Sherman used to always yeah I always play one side doesn't yeah, matter yeah, who's over for there for sure for is sure it, is like, it just the corners are too specialized now maybe yeah. maybe I just it's just why wouldn't you put your best guy on Edelman you know like screw Chris Hogan like seriously yeah. but that's that's the Patriots though if you put your best guy on Edelman yeah, and Chris Hogan, Hogan gets open Brady's gonna hit Hogan yeah, that's, Ho- that's Hogan will go off for two hundred yards that's um, the Patriots for you Brady's won his sixth Super Bowl. Um, which is insane. Now, I am against quarterback wins. I don't think that should be a stat. I think that's stupid in a team sport to give a win to one guy. Yeah, I didn't even realize like, they kept track of that. Like, Yeah, I like coaches? Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But players? Yeah. That's that's dumb. Not an individual player like no, that. Like, you, no. would never, you would never take Sidney Crosby and say how many wins he has or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Like that. You know, like, and winning super, six Super Bowls is, is great, but it's not the be-all and end-all. Like... The way they talk about Brady is like he's won six Super Bowls. He's the best. He's the greatest of all time. Which there's a case to be made, but like it's not just on that. There's no. other things. Yeah. 
I think it would be you'd be hard. It would be hard for me at this point to say that he's not the greatest of all yeah, time. Though. But but it also devalues the players he played with. Right. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, two thousand three, Corey Dillon rushed for sixteen hundred yards, and he's the one that led them to the Super Bowl in two thousand three. Oh, but he gets, he gets no fucking credit. No. It's all Brady. No, and it's like it's kind of wrong. It is kind of wrong, but Brady gets the credit because he's the consist. He's the consistent there. And Him I'll, and Belichick. I'll be like. I'm gonna, in my opinion, he, Brady only won one Super Bowl, like like where he took control, and it was him, and that was against Atlanta. Right. The other times where the offense was king, like in 07, where they're almost perfect, yeah. they lost. But what? But what if what Brady needs to do is a game like last week, where okay, we're not going to be throwing for 350 yards. Yeah. He they he has to make that decision that we're going to win this game ugly, and that's what the Patriots are, are yeah. king at, is they don't care how they win, and if the game plan doesn't go according to plan, they adjust and they figure it out in-game, which other teams seem reluctant to do. He's probably the best leader in NFL history and mentally the best, like, for preparation. Yeah. Ment- there, there, there's probably... Yeah. Nobody even close, and that that would make him one of the greatest. It's it's always tough for me to to sit there and say this guy for sure is the greatest of all time because things have changed. In the seventies, it was different compared to the eighties, which was different compared to the nineties. I think you could do best of decades. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, Brady's probably the best of two decades. Yeah. He's probably the best of two thousands and probably the best of two thousand tens. Yeah, no kidding. You man. know, like and that that's the insane thing. Um, but it's hard to say, like, the greatest of all time. Yeah, that's, just, so, that's so subjective, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, there's no way to actually tell. I just know in my lifetime that there's nobody better than the Patriots. You can't yeah. bet against those guys. Oh, it's, it's, it's silly. And people will say that, like, they benefit from being in a crappy division. And, yes... Yes, they do, but you don't. That's fine. You don't. You don't pick who you play, man. You got to play the games. You still got to beat the best teams at the end, and that's what they end up doing. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and they lost to like you know the ones they lost like Eli Manning and stuff with the helmet catch and stuff. They could easily have two more, right? Yep, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but then they could have lost a couple too. So good on them for pulling it out when they can. Exactly. Um, did you hear that? Uh, and uh, going away from the Super Bowl, did you? Oh, but before we do that, sorry. Did you know the halftime show was unpaid? Yeah, they gave donations, right? To they like, didn't they give donations on behalf of the people to different charities? I did not read that. That could be right. Yeah, I believe there was five hundred thousand that they gave for each performer to a charity. I think. Oh, okay. But yeah, you're right. I and don't think the players got paid. Could, or that the, that the could be why we don't. They didn't get the like. Well, besides the Kaepernick thing, but that could be why they didn't get the big name acts because if they're not paying, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're they're just turning away and being like, why do we want to go through all this? So now that begs the question, which I should I, w- I would like to know this now, but I wonder if like guys like Prince got paid and things like that. I always assumed they were getting paid. Nope. Uh, from what I, from what I understand, like nobody has gotten paid at least in the last ten years. Well, that's silly. Yeah, they do this big whole thing. The Pepsi is their sponsor. Blah blah blah. I always assumed Pepsi was paying them something to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I think the NFL's thing is uh, the publicity you get, but. What does like Lady Gaga need to publicity? Well, yeah, the, like the, she's the one of the biggest fucking stars in the world. Nobody's like, be? oh man, I just found out this Lady Gaga's pretty good. Or, <laughs> oh, who know? Who knew Prince could play guitar? Yeah, who knew that? Yeah. Oh man. Uh, but going away from the Super Bowl, uh, did you hear Antonio Brown has been accused of domestic abuse? I did hear that. This is another in the long line of upsetting Holy things from professional football Holy players. Holy shit! But the statement was very vague. The lawyer came out and said there are baseless ac- accusations and. This woman is just trying to drag his name through the mud as yeah. this big change is going on in his career. And that certainly could be happening it, it as well, too. Be. And, yeah. you know, I tried to look up and see any details. There's been no details released. Yeah. 
and, and, so, and that's the thing. We won't know the story until the details are released. Right. I hate that we're even like clamoring for that because well, I, it shouldn't even matter. The reason I bring it up is do you think, do you think this is going to hurt his trade value? Uh, I think uh, I think other teams already knew what Antonio Brown was, yeah, and I, I think guess. they knew that they'd be getting a headache one way or another. They probably didn't realize it might be legal ramifications involved, but, I mean, Antonio Brown is a headache. Yeah, it sounds like the Steelers, if they're going to trade him, will be trading him to the NFC. They don't want to trade him in conference, yeah. which makes sense. You don't want to You see don't want him. that guy coming back no. a couple times a year to <laughs> yeah, see Yeah, yeah, he, he ain't going to the Ravens or the Bengals, I'll oh. tell you that right now. Or the Browns, even though Jarvis Landry keeps on pushing for it. He ain't going to the Browns. Yeah. It's going to be interesting um, to see where he lands up. I feel like it's going to be somewhere we're not talking about. Like, I don't know if it's going to be San Francisco anymore. That doesn't seem like it's happening. It seems like anybody, like, for trade value, they they just look at the cap room. And they're like, oh, yeah. look at all the cap room these guys have. They can trade for them. Well, that's it's why like, you, you keep hearing Lev Bell going to Indianapolis. I'm like, I don't see that at all. But maybe. Who knows? Well, like, and Marlon Mack played well the second half of the year. Like, I don't think so. He did, yeah. You know, um, yeah. I keep on hearing the Jets for Lev Bell. That's what I keep on hearing. Yeah, that would make sense too, unless unless the freaking uh, Pittsburgh decides to uh, what's that, that? Yep. Tra- transition, transition tag him. You know, watch, watch. Even though they got Sony Michelle, watch the Patriots get him somehow. Yeah, well, he he has somewhat of a relationship with Belichick. Like Belichick <laughs> actually likes him. <laughs> that would be like, oh shit! No kidding. Sony oh, Michelle's so good too. Why would you waste? I I why it would you waste seems, the money? It just seems like a like yeah. like they'll get him for cheap too. Unless like, unless Lev Bell said I want to go play there. For, yeah, for, for one year, for ten million or yeah, eight million exactly. or something. Yeah, exactly. Something stupid. Yeah. Um. So this leads us into Donkey of the Week. <laughs> Do you got a double donkey again? I got a double donkey. We're going to double down. Uh, it goes to Jared Goff and more so to Sean McVay. Sean McVay? Yep. I don't He's care. the people's coach. He's the people's coach, but man, was that game plan was awful. Yeah, he admitted it. And he admitted it, so good, good on him. Yeah. But I just don't understand. It's one thing to come out in the first half and, and things not work, but then to come out in the second half doing the exact same things, it's like... Yeah. And you need to adjust. And how much of that was his uh, starstruck quarterback who was kind of in over his head, it seemed like, at that point, too. And, and Goff was starstruck. Yeah. He, he was he was double-clutching the ball. He wasn't anticipating his throws. Yeah. He missed Brandon Cooks wide open. But but to your point, that's where McVay needs to come in and, and make get some easier passes on exactly. the board Exactly. That was going to be my next point. If you see your quarterback struggling, and I know that the, the Rams, their whole offense all year was based on the play-action pass. But the problem is, is the pressure was getting to Goff. So you need to stop with the play-action pass and start using more flats and drag routes and stuff. Quick passes that he can get the ball out. But they, they didn't change at all. Absolutely. And the most maddening thing is, Gurley was declared healthy going into the game. He got 10 touches for 35 yards. How? Well, there's another one. It's, How? it's hard for the play-action pass to be successful when you're not really worried about the run. But then why aren't they doing... Like swing passes out to him. Right, I'm with you. Like he could beat any linebacker to the to the fucking edge. Yeah. Like I, I, don't, I just I, I don't understand. I don't I don't believe he's totally healthy because he just there's something wrong. It must wrong. be there's something, something wrong. Something's gonna come out that he had like a slightly torn meniscus or some shit. Exactly. And he couldn't go because for running backs too. Like I understand different players getting these mental having these mental breakdown type of things where they can't function. But I I feel running backs are are not 
I don't put running backs in that category because they're so active. They touch the ball so much and they get hit all the time. So I feel like they get into games more than other guys. So I, that's, I don't see that happening with running backs. I just don't understand if the if the run wasn't working, you can – and the Patriots have shown it year after year. The run's not working. Use the, the swing passes and passes yeah. to the flat and drag routes as a pseudo run game. And that makes it easier on golf, which is what you were trying to do at that point too. Yeah, so um, I'm sure both these guys, they're both young. Oh, like yeah. McVeigh's thirty three, Goff is twenty four. They'll learn from this. Oh, and there's no—they're not going to be blowing this up like I saw no, on, yeah. on Twitter and stuff. Now, this is fine. Things are going to change because they did go all in on defense. So right. Sue's probably leaving. Yeah, their um, their secondary's old. Yeah, so they're going to have to do some stuff. And you know, Whitworth, their offensive line, Whitworth is up there in age. I don't know if he's going to be playing again. But he doesn't know either. He yeah. says the only thing that's for certain is death. Yeah, that's what he said. That was such a weird comment too. And I'm just like, because he was trying to say that like, well, we lost, but everyone's going to die. Anyway, so it doesn't matter. And my whole thought is, yeah, but the winners die too, so maybe you should try. Not that he didn't try, but it was just kind of a cryptic message yeah, at the it, end of the game. Could, could you imagine the sports writer that asked the question, like, huh? Yeah, sorry. I, I just wanted to know if you're coming back next year. I didn't want to know when you're going to die. That's quite. Uh, yeah, I didn't. That's mean quite to, morbid. Dude. I didn't mean to bring up the topic of our all all of our impending dooms here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus. Um, the thing is, is is. The Patriots will probably be in the Super Bowl again next year, but there's no guarantee the Rams will be. No. You know, um, everybody will be gunning for them, uh, so who knows? Who knows? And the Eagles showed it this year. Like, they yeah. they looked like they were poised to rule the NFC for the next – and they did get in the playoffs, but they struggled throughout yeah. the season. Right, yeah. You know, year to year, yeah. things can happen. That NFC is going to be up in, like, different guys all the time. The early odds for Super Bowl winners next year have the Patriots at 8-1, to one, which is – And the Chiefs which, are first. Are first at 6-1. 6-1, to one. Six to one, yeah. 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 But, but if, that's that's assuming that Andy Reid's going to learn how to manage his timeouts and time <laughs> clock management and all that stuff. So uh, I'd go with the 8-1 to one on the Patriots yeah, before the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, that, that might be more safer bet. Now to some MLB. So we got some seriously slow free agency. What's going on with this, Jess? What's going on? It's ridiculous. This is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And in today's day and age of sports where it's like 365, (laughs) 24-7, MLB offseason is like the most boring shit ever the last two years. The last two years because teams are getting wise, I feel. Uh, you think that's what it is? They're just they're just wising up. I, I believe they are. And but even for Har- like, okay, so last year I get it because there's a lot of thirty year olds. Yeah. But Harper and Machado, how are they not signed? That's a good point, and I don't know. I don't want to claim this is collusion, but I think it's all teams <laughs> that have an understanding with one another that we are going to stop with these outrageous salaries. And they're all using the same data now to come to their conclusions. Those right? are my first two points. You nailed right. it. Like, yeah. What my first one is possible collusion by the owners. Yeah. You can't like the way it's going. You can't help but not think like you have. You have to think that that's what it is. Well, do you think these owners want to be paying guys fifty million a season in the next five years? Because that's the trend. Yeah. That's where this is going. Yeah, and and like it's not like baseball is a huge money maker. Like they they only they don't draw. Not all teams draw 
huge gates. It's not like the NFL where most teams, like 30 out of the 32, sell out all their home games. Well, and they have a lot of seats, but a lot of the seats aren't that expensive. Most teams, like you said, don't sell out. Yeah. Like the Yankees and the Red Sox during playoffs are making great money off that. But yeah. I mean, when you look at a team like San Diego in the middle of the season, that stadium, you could, you could sit anywhere in that stadium. It's tough too because they, they play during the day. Uh, Wednesday, 1 o'clock game. Well, you're, you're, you're you're going from a potential fan base of, of your whole city, yeah, the whole city to now a fan base of ten thousand people that could get off work or don't work or exactly. called in sick yeah. and you know whatever. And a lot of those people who are not working at that time also can't afford to go to your game. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and again, same thing is what you said. I think all the teams are now using the same analytical analysis to scout players. Yeah, like they they've all come to the same exact conclusion. It's like it's not like it was with the money ball where they're looking yeah. for market inefficiencies that they can exploit. Like I think everyone's got the same fucking yeah. computer pro- program that tells them this, what these players are. This is Jonah Hill's fault, is what you're saying? Yeah, all his fault. <laughs> Can't be Brad Pitt. He's too pretty. He's too pretty to be his fault. When uh, Billy Bean heard that Brad Pitt was pit- playing him, Billy Bean was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's interesting." Well, I would have gone to my wife. I'd been like. Brad Pitt's playing me. You know yeah. that means I look like Brad Pitt. Yeah. Um, also, I think uh, agents are misreading the market and giving bad advice. I think that is also a cause. Definitely. Um, like, Bryce Harper had a 10-year, $300 million offer from the Nationals. Uh, Scott Boris told him to turn it down. Yeah. Might have misplayed his hand, you know. I, I don't think he's going to get a $30 million offer to sign. I think he's going to be signing for less than that. So if that was true and he was getting... $300 million for 10 years from the Nationals, I think his agent made a terrible mistake. And I think that's going to be, like, that's... And the agent wants you to, to, to get as much as you can. Because he gets a percentage of that. Because he gets a percentage. But maybe the best play is to re-sign with the current team. Yeah. You know, like, I, it, it's just weird. So those, those are the causes. Now, solutions that I was thinking... That seems trickier. It's very tricky. Like, one of the things I was like, players... Re- just re-sign with your current teams. Mm-hmm. Don't go to free agency. Like free agency is for the fringe guys, right? Yeah. You know, like you're seeing that a lot in the NHL. Like not a lot of studs make it to free agency. Yeah. Uh, NFL not so much with the franchise tag and all that stuff. There's been a huge shift to paying younger, paying guys when they're younger now. Yeah. Um, I'm using the NHL as an example. They used to pay guys for what they pre- previously have done. Now they're paying guys for what they have the potential to do. Exactly. Which seems to make more sense for me because you, you get sick of these contracts where you got. Uh, might not be the best example, but Alex Rodriguez is on your books for 10 years. And during the first seven years of that contract, it's great. But for the last three, you're like, please get off of this. Yeah, yeah. Well, Albert Pujols with the Angels. Oh, that's a per- that's a better example. You know, Much like better example. For, maybe for two years, he was decent with the Angels. And now they're looking and they're like, we're paying you $28 million a season. And yeah. like, you, you're DH now and you can't stay on the field as a DH. Oh, and like, you're not even healthy enough to be a DH. The Cardinals, which are a fantastic organization, as soon as they saw what the Angels were going to give Pujols, they're like, we love you, man. Have a great time in Los Angeles. Yeah, we'll retire your number when you come back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that's about it. But it was uh, – that could be one. Another thing that I was seeing, uh, more player-initiated opt-outs. Like, player Like options. NBA? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, the NBA seems to, like – Everybody's getting paid in the NBA, it seems. Now, granted, the NBA... Less players. Less players, but the NBA is a more popular league than baseball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, this... Like, and Worldwide. Yeah, this is this is one of those things where 
in a perfect scenario, these things might help fix MLB. I think the problem is is more than just uh, players and free agency. Like I think the game's played too slow for t- for the generation younger than us. Right. I don't think they. I don't think they want to sit down for three hours plus. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I heard. I heard a dad commenting. I think it was on the Jim Rome show actually, and it was brought up because uh, people are. Uh, the story came out a while back that uh, black kids, uh, African American kids, aren't going into baseball anymore. Yeah. And a, yeah. And a father. In the US, yep. A father called into the Jim Rome show, a black father, and he said. Uh, he said, yeah, they're not doing it because it's boring. It's, it's one of the most boring sports out there. And then when you add a little personality or flair to it, you get chastised for doing that. So why do kids want to play it? Yep. And it's so true. You know? and, and guys like, um, uh, who was the old dude that just ripped, um, ripped Jose Bautista for the backflip? Was it Goose Gossage? Yeah, it was Goose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, seriously, get off your hill, old man. Like, like just because it was done that way... And you want it to like everyone as they get old wants wants things to say this the way they are because it's comforting. It's because you see the grains of sand slipping away, exactly. and you're like, please don't go, don't go. I want it to stay the way it is because I want to stay young. I want to understand the game. You don't want change. Yeah, but change is in- inevitable, and MLB is in dire need of a change. Oh yeah. Um, if it's a pitch. Clock count, or, or no, a pitch count clock, or whatever, where you have to pitch within fifteen seconds, or something like that, uh, or or capping the amount of mound visits. Mm-hmm. Um, also, well, they already do that. Um, well, they, I think they should do it more. Like, but you're this, you're only allowed one visit per pitcher from the man from the from the manager, manager but, but two from the pitching coach. I think, or I one think, from the I pitching think you coach. need to I think you need to cut it to like the catcher can only go so many times. Like oh think, yeah that's yeah because that, that can be played. Also um I heard like they were talking about rule possible rule changes where um you uh, if you're a pitcher that comes in you have to face a minimum minimum of three batters before you get replaced. Yeah it gets it's rid of, gets rid of the lefty specialist that type of thing. Yeah and well it gets rid of the warm up. Yeah. Like every time they they trot on a new pitcher, well, let's go to commercial. That is know? brutal. God, when you're watching a game and you get Aaron Loop comes in to face one guy, gives up a hit because he's Aaron Loop, and then <laughs> and then and then you gotta go to Tapera or something. You're like, oh, good, another commercial break. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing that I'm very much for is a universal DH rule between the NL and AL, where they both have the DH. I love the DH, but I guess I'm not a baseball purist because I I think it's much more entertaining. I don't want to watch the pitcher hit. I don't, I don't care. Wanna, I don't care. Like if you if you want to watch the pitcher hit, you know what you do at All Star time. Let's have a pitcher home run derby, and it could be Madison Bumgarner against somebody. I don't give a shit. I'd be but I'd be open to that. I don't want to see it in a game. Like I just don't like it. It it adds no value. The thing the the argument to that, and I don't agree with this, but the argument to that would be that. I mean, maybe I do agree with this. I just don't think I like it. But it's that it's more strategic for the manager when you have the the pitcher spot coming up in your lineup. It, you know, you you end up doing double switches. You have to manage your bench differently. It's a little bit more, uh, for lack of a better word, that's a little bit more pure of a game. But I don't. I, I want. I want the DH personally. I seem to remember a lot. Like I, I would have to look at the numbers, but I'm pretty sure the AL has beaten the NL in more times this century in the World Series. So. Yeah. Yeah. I you know what and for as crazy as Jose Canseco was, I loved watching him DH for Toronto in, yep. in the nineties. Yeah, there, man. I, I love David Ortiz, um, and it's it's good for the players because guys like first baseman that can't play the field anymore, it gives them a few more years to earn money. 
Big Poppy would have been out of the league five years previously. Oh yeah, if he if he couldn't DH. Yeah, and that and would have been robbed fans of a great experience watching him yeah. play. Yeah, and he he was entertaining and all that yeah. stuff. Like you, we would have been robbed of that. Um, the thing that I think would probably move the needle more to get guys signed and stuff is I think they need to institute a salary cap and a floor. Like every other league. Because you don't yeah. hear about this problem in other leagues. Like in the NFL, it's the, the issue of guaranteed money. It's not it's not that they don't get paid enough. It's that they don't make enough guaranteed money. I think the thing you just said there is the floor. That's that's the, the key. The floor, yes. You have to get to a certain amount. Exactly. Yeah. You force teams that, that whatever the floor may be, let's say it's $80 million, yeah. right? You force every team has to spend a minimum of $80 million. So you can't have the fucking Miami Marlins... Having a payroll of thirty million, they are such a joke. Yeah. The, the second they moved to Miami, they they brought in all these guys. They brought in Burley, Reyes, blah blah blah. Didn't they, work for one year. They, they, they built up. No, they they fucked their fans. They brought them those guys in so they could build a new stadium and sell it to their fans. And then as soon as they got the season tickets in the stadium, they sent those guys out of town. Their their ownership is a joke. Yep. They are garbage. And uh, so I think because you just don't hear you don't hear about it in the NBA. Guys are getting uh, free agency is not a problem. Guys are moving. It's it's um, it's all over the place. NHL free agency isn't as big of a deal. They they more sign deals with their current teams. Yeah. But I think a, a salary floor for sure and a salary cap would would go a long way because you force the owner. You got to force the owners to spend. What about now, a what about a floor but no cap? I just keep the luxury tax thing because I like the fact that baseball doesn't have a cap. I, I, yeah, you do a floor. Yeah, I think that would be the biggest thing. Yeah. Is you do a floor and yeah. you make it for sure that they have to spend this money. Because it doesn't bother me that a team like the Yankees has all this money. I think that's good for them. You you guys have figured that out. You've earned that. Go ahead and spend. Exactly. Um, Justin Verlander believes that the slow free agency is because of non-competitive teams that are that are embracing a rebuild, and he says it's like twenty teams in the MLB. That and makes, he's not wrong. That makes a lot of sense. He's not wrong. Yeah. We're, we're seeing it with our with well, our team, well, the, Toronto. Yeah, the Blue Jays. They're embracing this fucking rebuild, and they're paying guys to go away. So think about that for a sec. You got twenty teams that are doing a rebuild, so you're essentially working in a ten-team league right now. Yeah, yeah. No wonder there's no job. Like, yeah. Uh, but the problem is, is last year is one thing. This year, like, how I just don't understand how Harper and Machado don't have gigs you're unless right. unless the agents are telling them to hold off, which might be the wrong play, but. You can't miss spring training. Yeah. Like you, you just you can't miss training camp and like in any of the sports. Don't players don't hold out because it never works out. Well, that's nope. that's why you're we're getting to a critical time right now because players or pitchers and catchers are reporting soon. Yeah. And this is only going to put more pressure on Machado and Harper, in my opinion. I don't think this puts pressure on the teams at all. No. Nope. And I think the teams know this. Um, and the other thing uh, we talked about this earlier is, but Boris talked about uh, rewarding teams who want to win. So. They get more... Well, wouldn't that be beneficial to his business? Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, But they do... All the sports leagues in North America reward teams for losing with, with lottery Absolutely. picks. Absolutely, yeah. Right? And yeah. It's, it's about competitive balance. Uh, and that, that's what they spell, right? It's all about, uh, at least in the other three leagues, it's all about parity and selling hope to every fan base. Yeah. Baseball doesn't have that. You're right. And... But because the draft in baseball isn't as important. 
Or, right. although, although Harper was a high pick, so I guess it is. It is important, but it takes so long for them to develop. To, to develop. It's right. not like the NFL where a first-round pick is going to be starting day one. Playing, yeah. But right. that's because you have to go to college. And, exactly. They yeah. come out at the age of 22. A lot yeah. of MLB, they come out at the age of 18. Yeah. You know, so they, they need time to grow. Yeah. Um, it, MLB seems to be doing something. It's almost like a hybrid between what the North American leagues do with would they allow their teams to freely spend when they just put a luxury tax? Yeah. But then they also give this draft thing. So it's like, on one hand, they want to be like soccer in Europe, yeah. where you can spend whatever you want. But on the other hand, you can't you can't fill your team how you want. You can't you can't go into the grassroots and sign these players because right, you yeah. got to do a draft. Like, it's kind of like, yeah. I think baseball is caught. I don't know. Uh, the, more about, I, the more I hear about like European soccer, the more I love that model. That is the most free market model oh, yeah. you could ever find. And you know what? Fan bases of small market teams don't get bad out of shape that they can't win the Premier League title. No. They just they just want to improve on their previous year. Their expectations are different. They're competing with themselves, yeah, essentially. Where where in the NHL, let's say, all thirty one teams, their expectation is to win the cup. Right? Like yeah. every yeah. single year, your expectation is to win the cup. Yeah. But there it's like, no no, our expectation is I would love to finish fourteenth. It's interesting too, you know, and, and I I feel like the end of the season uh, lacks a little bit of drama sometimes because of that. But I mean, in the overall scheme of things, if you want to say who's the best team, they they figured it out. What if sport or uh, maybe this might work better in baseball, but sports in general? What if North American sports went to a relegation style, kind of like soccer? I am okay with that. Yeah, yeah, I I think that would keep teams honest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, they would actually try to win and not suck for picks. And now that, stuff. That's gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt if you're Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. So I just, you know, these are just thoughts I had. I wanted to hear your thoughts on it because it's it's insane to me that Harper and Machado have that still don't have jobs. You know what is weirder to me is Machado. Because I think he's different. I think people are worried about Harper in the sense that his numbers have dropped off already since his since his like first few uh, seasons. His numbers yep. have already started dropping off. Machado to me seems like a guy you can have in the middle of your infield and in the middle of your lineup for the next ten years. And for some reason, I could be totally off, but I'm not sure about that with Harper. So I'm a little bit more surprised that someone hasn't scooped up Machado, yeah. even, even though he has what people would call attitude issues. He doesn't run out plays and stuff like that. I think he's the better talent. I really do. Um, Harper, I think, should be shooting to go to an AL team because I think he, he's a he's candidate gonna be a DH. DH. Yeah. Uh, because he's 26, and if he wants a 10-year deal, he'd be 36 at the end. It gives him value past that. Or Machado, yeah. I don't think... Not that, I, I yeah. think he can play the field for the entire entirety of his contract, right. so he could be in the AL. Absolutely. Or the NL. You know. The NL, you meant. Or NL, yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, uh, with, with that being said, if... I, if I'm Machado right now and the Yankees have any offer, or no, if I'm Harper right now and the Yankees have any offer on the table, that's where he should go. Yeah. A left-handed hitter in that ballpark. Yeah, he'll put up 50 fucking home runs. The potential to be a DH later in your career. That's the move. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't want to see him crushing the Blue Jays, but that's the move. <laughs> there you go. On to some NHL. Or the Chell, as uh, mm. the young kids call Nobody it. Nobody calls it that, for sure. Uh, the young kids do. They call it the Chell? The Chell. Oh. Yeah. I'm, it's, I'm, it's, I'm one of those old guys now, because I'm yeah. like, stop changing things! Well, that's the dumbest shit ever, <laughs> the Chell. 
you know, I get behind I get behind the Carolina Hurricanes with the storm clap or the Viking clap or whatever and the duck duck goose. I think that shit's hilarious. Keep on doing it. Did you see Elias Lindholm make fun of the clap? Yes. Though? That was yes. beautiful. I'm surprised it's taken that long. Yeah. Surprise, but it, maybe, it, it has to come from a former player. That's right. That's right. Must. Uh, so we're going to talk about trade deadlines coming up in about two weeks here ish. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so there's there's some bigger names out there. We got Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky of the Blue Jackets. We got Wayne Simmons of the Flyers. Even but they've won like eleven in a row. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, and then Matt Duchesne and Mark Stone of the Senators are kind of like those are the. The big guys yeah. for, for this deadline. Uh, and then on TSN here, they also have Matt Zuccarello, Dougie Hamilton. This is funny because on a list that's full of players. Four Jets first round pick. They rank the Jets first round pick as what? the fourth player to be traded. So that, what, what that's telling, it, yeah. what, what's that telling you is that the Jets need a player and they're willing to part with their first round pick because they feel like they have a chance to win this year. Yep. Uh, Gustav Nyquist, Michael Furland, and Cam Talbot. Okay. Well, I guess you just signed that other goalie, so you're going to need to get rid of Talbot. Yeah, and they're trying to showcase Talbot right now. They're putting him in, and it's not working out. Like, <laughs> they're I getting so This hacked. is so stupid. Oh, they just signed this guy, and they're putting him in. Um, so what I found interesting was reports are coming out that Florida wants both Panarin and Bobrovsky, and they're actually willing to trade for Bobrovsky at the deadline, and they give him an eight-year deal. Really? Wow. And I was like, wait. Isn't Bobrovsky like 35 years old? Like, I could be wrong on that, but I was like... But he's over 30. Hold on, hold on. We got the thing here. Oh, he's 30. Okay, so he'd be 38. Sorry. I thought he was older or he's younger than I thought. I thought he was 35, and I'm like, how many old goalies do you need in Florida? Like, does Luongo need a buddy for the hot tub or something? Right, yeah. He's been around for a while, but he's... That's that's interesting by Florida. That's... I think that's a shrewd move by them, though, because they would be getting a couple of very good players. And uh, Panarin's whole thing is he wants to go to, I won't, I won't say a major market because Florida's not that, but he wants to go to a big-time city. That's his whole thing. Okay. So Miami would be fit into that category that's fairly true. well. And and I don't think players necessarily hate playing in Florida. They, they like the yeah. anonymity of what they have down there where, where it's not all up in your shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, if Sergey Bobrovsky goes to Florida, though, I'm going to wait for Roberto Luongo's sudden allergy to ice or something. And and then he'll have to retire. <laughs> and they'll have to take it off the books. I, I can't wait to hear that fucking excuse. A la Marian Hossa and, uh, and that. So, you know, I can't wait for that one. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, there's a few of those kind of where they're working around the contracts, right? Yes. Um, so, Panarin, I have... N- I keep on hearing Chicago, though. Like, he'd go back to Chicago. But Chicago would have to deal a bunch of guys to make cap room Yeah, Chicago, for, for free agency, yeah. right? And the reason you keep hearing that is because him and Patrick Kane had a great relationship. When he was traded from Chicago, Patrick Kane was pissed. But, I mean, he didn't realize he's part of the problem there because him and Tay signed these massive deals after they won Cups, and now they can't get anyone else back yeah, there. Yeah, but you can't blame the... The players for signing contracts. And I don't, but he has to understand that that's the reason why. Oh, for, for sure. Yeah. But, like, like fans, like, I bring this up because uh, Austin Matthews just signed a five-year extension worth 11.365 per season. Yeah. And 93% of that is signing bonus. And fans are fucking livid at him because they say he's the reason 
And the Le Leafs and Austin Matthews is the reason that they're going to have a lockout because, because a big market team like that can offer a huge signing bonus where Florida can't, and it's not fair. Oh, that's not the player's fault. And that that is like, no way the player's fault. So what you're telling me is, is that a team in a big market is not allowed to use the things at its disposal to make themselves better. Better? Yeah, no, that's what not. What kind a, of fucking stupid shit is that? That's not a good argument for sure. And guess what? Florida has has a nice little thing that they can offer players. It's called fucking sunshine and not minus thirty degrees in the winter. That's pretty fucking cool. It's also called no state tax. Bingo. Yeah. So so why don't why aren't we punishing Tampa Bay and Florida then? Yeah, no kidding, eh? Like it just and fans will like and of course I went down the Twitter rabbit hole of all the comments and I shouldn't have. <laughs> But I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Like, you're blaming the Leafs for retaining a player and and they and for like eleven million dollars, which is which is like I think on the cheap end for what he could have signed for. Yep. And just because they're giving him the money up front? Yeah. Who the fuck cares? Did you hear like it's not your money? These agents aren't stupid either. Did you hear the tax breaks he gets yes. for getting the, the yes. most of his salary and a signing bonus? So even though he plays for a Canadian team. He gets taxed 15% on his bonus because he's a U.S. resident. Okay. So that signing bonus of whatever it was, $10 million or something like that, which is most of his salary, only gets taxed 15%. Where his actual salary, which ended up being $500,000 or $770,000 or something like that, gets taxed 50%. So they, <laughs> they, they saved him. a massive amount of money by and, doing all of that in the signing bonus. And that's bonus. your agent's job. Yeah. Is, and also, signing bonus, lockout proof. Absolutely. Because it's paid up front. So, so, when it come, like, so that if they do lock out for a season or go on strike for a season or yeah. whatever the case, the knockout would, hopefully that does not happen. Yeah. Uh, learn from your, like, any, uh, this is my plea. Learn, uh, this goes to Bettman and Donald Fair. Learn from, like, your game is growing. Vegas was a success. You got Seattle coming. Don't fuck it up. Talk please, please don't do a lockout. S sit in the fucking room and start talking now. Well, every, Just, everything Gary Bettman says sounds like he wants to avoid a lockout more than anybody. So I, I think so. I think it's positive in the sense that I think they're going to be able to work it out this time without a stoppage. But still, like, it, it's great work by the agent. He's like, you do this in the signing bonus. You do 90% of your fucking salary in the signing bonus. Then you don't have to worry if we go to lockout. You get your money no matter what. And I'm just guessing that John Tavares is also an American citizen as well, too. Because he did the same he, type of deal. He's got to be dual citizenship because yeah. he lived in New York, New York for eight yeah. years and he signed the same type of contract yeah. it's all bonus up front so, and, and, and you can't you can't be mad at the Maple Leafs for being able to do that and by the way uh, those donkeys that were saying like like shitting on the Leafs our dollar is at 72 fucking cents American mm. okay like we are at a huge fucking disadvantage oh, compared yeah. to the American teams so don't get on the Leafs <laughs> for doing this okay <laughs> do your fucking research yeah. Okay? Yeah. Like, it's just like, like, fuck you. If anyone has a problem with the Leafs for signing their best players like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Too like, bad. Too bad, guys. Oh, man. It's just such a donkey thing. <laughs> um, so, Panarin, you think, is going to go to Florida. Or it could be a package deal. Oh, Panarin and Bob. Yeah, Bob. Yeah. Who knows? He just wants to go to a big city. That's all you hear. So, New York, obviously, is, is something that uh, people... Matt Duchesne's gone, though. 
Right? Like, there's no way he resides in Ottawa. Well, the thing is, there's been discussion. So, Ottawa wants him, and he's a, they, lo- he's a local guy there, but... Ottawa needs to have him because yeah. they traded that unprotected first-round pick that could be the first overall pick. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he resigned with Ottawa. I think he could do better elsewhere, but it wouldn't surprise me if he resigned See, there. See, I think Mark Stone is going to resign in Ottawa. Really? I think Duchesne's gone. I was thinking the opposite, but I'm, yeah, okay. Uh, Wayne Simmons... But they've won 11 in a row. So, so he might not even be available. He might not even be available. And he's a great catch because he's a $3.98 million cap hit um, for the rest of the season. He's a UFA after that. But, man, he brings so many things to your team. He's a, He can fight. He's a grinder. He can score some goals. He's yep. great. Like, he, he plays in close to the net. He's a guy that a lot of teams would want for sure. Matt Zuccarello, who's been rumored uh, the, in Flames rumors. That's a big Calgary rumor there is Matt yeah. Zuccarello. Um, you know what's interesting? I just want to touch on Matt Zuccarello. He's a little bit under the radar with his numbers. At 5-on-5, five five, he has 1.8 points per 60 minutes. So now, don't don't get that messed up. It's not 1.8 points per game. He's not a 1.8 point no, per game. No, 60 minutes Per on 60 ice. minutes on ice yeah. at 5-on-5. Five five. Yeah. He's 1.8 points per 60 minutes. So if you want to compare that to who he's more than, he's more than Huberdeau, Kopitar, Landeskog, Barkov, and Tarasenko. Landeskog, hey? That yeah. surprises me being on that, that powerful yeah. top line. So this guy's a little bit under the radar for how he plays. So if you can get him for cheap, that would be amazing. Because Brian Boyle went for a second-round pick earlier today. Yeah. If you could get Zuccarello for Zuccarello for a second-round pick, I mean, a third-round pick would be great. If you get him for a second-round pick, we I don't still... Have the problem is we don't have a second. Right, that's right. Damn it. Um, the thing is, is I also heard rumors of Chris Kunitz. Please, dear fucking God, no. That seems like an unnecessary may, move. Yeah, you may as well just, like, not play anybody in that spot. Like, why do you want a guy whose foot speed has all but disappeared and put him into that, that pressure cooker of the playoffs and, and think that he's going to do well? And the one thing that drives me insane is is it's always touted, you need playoff experience. You need winning experience. Yeah, we went down that goddamn rabbit hole with fucking Troy Brower. It didn't work because... It's not just about experience. You need to be able to fucking play. Absolutely. And I like what what does that guy bring to a room? And not to take anything away from him, but what is that just being in the room alone? Is that going to push anybody yeah. over the top? Is he going to tell stories of Sid? Sid tapes a stick that this way, not yeah. that way. Yeah, Maybe you guys should try to be like Sidney Crosby. He yeah. was great. Yeah, he was pretty good. So, and, and also, I think there's a risk of, of messing up the chemistry in the room by bringing in anybody. Yep, yep. You know, they're going to they're gonna tinker. They're going to add... But I don't think they're going to go after a big fish uh, for the Flames. I think it's going to be depth. Yeah, it's not, they're not going to go after Panarin or Duchesne or Simmons, I don't think. There was a uh, segment on the fan this morning where Derek Wills, uh, play-by-play guy for the Flames radio, and uh, the host on the fan was doing a, you know, a, a scenario thing where they say, what is the best-case scenario? What, what does the superstar the Flames get? Medium? guy the Flames could get, low-end guy the Flames can get, and of course, uh, Panarin was in the top, and Mark Stone was in the top for, for Derek Wills, but and I would love that, but what do you have to give up to get Mark Stone? Mark Stone's one of the most complete players in the league right now. He's a beast. He would be amazing as a second liner on the Flames, but what do you have to give up to get that guy? Uh, if you talk to the fans, you don't have to give up much. You Apparently. Might, you know, you give up, like, yeah. fro league. Oh, that'd be and, nice. And then, and then we'll 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 throw them because we're we're such nice guys. We'll throw them Mike Smith because so nice. <laughs> that's the way fans think. It's like, oh well, fuck, I did it on NHL nineteen. Yeah, like the trade values match up. Yeah, you know? no, you're not even doing that on NHL nineteen. Fuck, like it's just you. Hell, man. The thing with Stone that you could sell him on potentially is, hey, you want to come join your brother? But who knows? Uh, do they go after a backup goalie to Flames? I don't think they need to. That, you, that, you think Smith will be? 
okay to, to spot start throughout the year? Smith is better than whatever backup, in my opinion. Smith is still acquire. better is whatever backup. And even if he's slightly worse than a backup you can get, there's no need in trading someone in order to get a backup to replace Smith. They should go with Riddich and Smith for the rest of the season, Riddich being the starter, Smith being the backup, and just work it out. Fair enough. Um... The interesting thing, I'm just going through this list, uh, the two guys that the Flames traded this past offseason are both on the list. Dougie Hamilton Dougie and Hamilton. Michael Furland, 7-10 and 10 on the list. Yes, um, Michael Furland, please, dear God, don't reacquire him. There's a lot of talk they want to. Oh, fuck, no. <laughs> you, you know why? It's, it's not, like, his problem is, is that he doesn't understand what he is. He is a third-liner that bangs and crashes and goes to dirty areas and he can get 10 goals a year. But if he feels like he's a fucking superstar and should be scoring 25 and he tries to dangle and do all this stupid shit. Well, when you put him on a line with Monaghan and Gaudreau, he completely changed his the way he plays. Yeah, I'm talking about when he was with Calgary. Yeah. Because this guy needs to hit. This guy needs to get in people's faces. He needs to be aggressive. The most important thing about Michael Furland is that guys can't get through to him. Brian Burke said the other day, they're like, I don't know what you have to do to get through to this guy. Because Brian Burke had him when he was in Calgary. Yep. He said, this guy has all the talent in the world. He's tough as nails. He can fight anybody in the league. He's got a great shot. He's not a bad skater the hardest thing with Michael Furland is getting through to him yeah yeah and that's got to be so frustrating and because that because we've seen what he does I don't want to reacquire him uh Dougie Hamilton I've heard rumors to Montreal I've heard rumors to Toronto yeah please please put him in an area where the media is tenacious as fuck because that would be (laughs) that would be beautiful to see that situation play out oh Dougie poor Dougie and the thing I'll say about Dougie is that it's not uh, he's he's been traded a lot in his career. This situation is not that they're trying to trade him away for any reason. It's just that Carolina's not going anywhere, yeah, and so they should just, try to get something for they're him. They're just trying to get assets for him. It's not that he's a problem, yeah. which has been rumored in the past. Um, uh, oh, Jeff Carter's on the list with three years left at 5.27. He's not getting dealt. You know what I worry he's about Jeff Carter, too? If he does get dealt, I could see him straight up retiring instead of going to a different place. Oh, really? I... I he seems like that type of guy. He's battling injury issues. I see him as someone who may... Like, he would be very picky about where he goes right now, in my opinion. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Johansson from the Devils. Adam Henrique. And Adam Henrique. I love him as a player, but he's got five years left at 5.83. Fuck. Uh, that's... Anaheim needs to make some moves because they got a ton of guys that are just... Dragging that team down the, right the now. The problem is, is Henrik's not the fucking problem with that team. Yeah, he's not the guy they need to trade on that they team. They need to get rid of Kessler. They need to get rid of Perry. Yeah. Uh, I hate to say it. They Getzlaff. Need, they need to get rid of Getzlaff. Yeah. They need to get rid of all those those old guys that are their foot speed is gone. They need to build around John Gibson and get younger players in there. Henrik is not the problem, but I can see why they would want to trade him to get yeah. rid of that contract. Um, but you know what's going to happen. Uh, nothing will happen on trade deadline. Uh, all these talking heads will sit there for for the whole day on their phones on TV, and everyone will get all excited, and there'll be like five fucking deals, and, and none of the big fish will move. That's what will happen. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. And on to our main event, the NBA. My God, this league is fucking nuts. The NBA is going crazy. That shit crazy. I can't believe I heard people on Twitter saying this is bad. And 
Where the NHL, there's going to be no movement at trade deadline. The NBA, like, it seems like almost every fucking star is on the block that's not named LeBron. <laughs> it's insane. And the reason LeBron's not on the block is he's, he's the one pulling the yeah, strings. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to move you over here. <laughs> I'm going to move you this way. Um, so, Chris Stapps Porzingis met with Knicks management last week to talk about the franchise's direction and then raise concerns about, like, their plan. <laughs> Which is obvious. Though. <laughs> These Which is, are obvious concerns. Those are obvious concerns because they're the fucking Knicks and yeah. they can't figure out their shit. And they responded by trading him to the Mavericks. Yeah. <laughs> Which is perfect for him. Which is great for, yeah. for Brzezingas and yeah. the Mavericks. But how, how do you just trade a superstar like that Without talking to other teams, that's the madness of it yeah. all. They didn't. They didn't reach out to anybody else. Like all these reports came out saying, like, oh, nobody knew he was even available, and he was off to the Mavs. Yeah, and of, and of course they're they're trying to clear cap room because they think they're going to make a big push for free agents in the offseason. They off think season. they're getting Kyrie and Kevin Durant. That's yeah. what they think they're getting. Yeah, you know. Um, so now Przingis is there with Luka Doncic, and he's there with. Um, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, so he's going to learn from him. Yeah. I don't know how much time Nowitzki has left there. No, but he'll he'll definitely be an influence this year, and I'm sure like Nowitzki's the type of guy they're going to keep around as a oh, yeah. as a, a coach or whatever for, yeah, exactly. for years to come. So the, the deal was the Knicks traded Przingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke to the Mavs for Dennis Smith Jr., and Smith had problems with Carlisle. Right. So that's why they had to get rid of him, and also he played the same position as Doncic. They, so, they didn't like, really gel. They, he had to go. DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and then a 2021 first-round pick unprotected and a 2023 first-round protected pick for 1 through 10. Holy shit. And also, the big thing with DeAndre Jordan to the Knicks, he's friends with Kevin Durant. Right, yeah. Like, it's so... The the NBA is so crazy because it's not just all about business. It's like, oh, that guy's friends with this guy and we want this guy to come here for free agency? Let's trade for him. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just oh. it's so fun. And you want to talk it's about, so you, fun. You want to talk about people working under the scenes. Like, I can't believe they have tampering laws in the NBA because oh, everyone's geez. being tampered with every fucking day. Every this is day. Silly. Every day. Uh it's just madness. And then And why is why is the Lakers why is every offer the Lakers give to the Pelicans in the media? What the fuck is going on? Like you guys don't know how to do this in being quiet? Like, can't you just talk to each other without releasing every detail? Magic Johnson needs you all to know. Oh, my God. Needs everyone to know. Um, Also, which this happened late last night or the night before. Tobias Harris? Tobias Harris traded from the Clippers to the 76ers. It was right after the game with the Raptors last night. So, Tobias Harris, Boban, Mirjanovic, I I said that wrong, and Mike Scott in a trade with the Clippers sending to L... uh, to, the Clippers get uh, Landry Shamet, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, a 2020 first round pick, and because of the Miami uh, Heat, a 2021 unprotected first round pick. There you go. So th- this really does work out for both teams. I-, I really like what the Clippers got back, but the 76ers also got an all star in Harris. They have a really formidable lineup right now. They do. So they're they're going to challenge in the East. They've also they've also kind of prepared themselves in case Butler leaves. Yeah. Right. Uh, but they're also working on clearing room to sign Butler and Harris in the offseason. Yes. So they're going to be a, a so able to do that e- if they either can. Either way, they got they got um, they got room to do what they want to do. I've heard like with Butler, like do you just let him walk? Because it hasn't worked out as great 
No. As everyone had hoped. Do you let him walk and maybe let him go to like the Nets or something like that? Speaking, and, and speaking he, of that. He, he could have his own fucking team. We were talking about headaches earlier. He's the ultimate headache as yeah. well, too. And I, I I don't want to take away from what he does on the court because I love him on the oh, court. He drove me insane the other day. I'm watching a game and he's wearing a headband and it looked like the Ramble one. Like it wasn't <laughs> like it had like the, the tie. And I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, do they not have regular NBA issue headbands for these guys? <laughs> he's like, different. He beats, oh, walks he, to his own Yeah, drummer. he walks to his own drum. He doesn't care. Yeah. Um, and then. Just before, or just as we were starting the podcast, the Sacramento Kings acquired Harrison Barnes from the Mavericks for Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson. Shit's going crazy. The trade deadline's tomorrow. Yeah. And players um, moving all over the place. All over the place. Um, so now it's been a week since the whole Anthony Davis thing went down. Yeah. Do you think the Lakers should give them four first-round picks like it's rumored and give them the world and get Anthony Davis now? I think that Lakers should do anything they can to get Anthony Davis. Four-round picks is very steep, but I almost think they should. But what I don't think is going to happen, I don't think the Pelicans are going to give in on that. Because there's this whole the whole thing that's holding up this deal is the fact that Boston cannot submit an offer right now unless Kyrie Irving is involved. Because the Celtics have the player... That everybody wants. And that's Tatum. Jason yeah. Tatum. So, and Danny Ainge has promised. I'm doing air quotes here. He has promised that Tatum would be on the table in the offseason. Oh. He does not have... He could easily go back on that promise oh, in sure. the offseason and try to screw for the sure. Pelicans. It feels like the Pelicans are, are going to try to deal Anthony Davis before the deadline, though. Because it they're, he was healthy enough to play on Monday and they, they didn't play him. Right. Right. But it's almost a situation where if they don't trade him by the deadline, you make him sit the rest of the season. 100%. You're not making the playoffs. You don't bring that guy back to play because if he tears his, if he blows his Achilles, tears a meniscus, yeah, whatever, that's, that's, that's hell for your team. If I'm the Lakers, which the last offer I heard that they offered was two firsts. Um, They offered Lonzo Ball, uh, Kuzma, and... I think it was Kuzma. Hart. Hart uh, yeah, Hart. Was Ingram in there? Uh, oh, sorry. It wasn't Hart. It was Ingram. Yeah. So it was it was Ball, Kuzma, Ingram. And then it was Lance Stevenson and Rajon Rondo and Beasley because they have to... Because <laughs> you have to make the money work, right? Because they're still in the selling yeah. So they have to make the money work. Which I'm hearing all this and I'm like, so they're going to have LeBron and Anthony Davis? But that would be still better than the. Than but the, like they're trading their whole roster, so like yeah, like. But, but how good is that roster? That's the thing. Even though those guys are high picks, how good are they? And that's what I was just gonna say. Lonzo Ball. I don't know if he's a headache, but his dad's a headache. Get and, rid of him. And I haven't seen him do Kuzma, anything that's impressive. Kuzma is young, but you. He's coming on as a power forward. Coming, like, he might be my favorite. He like whatever Ingram. There was talk between him and and um, where did he went second overall? Who went first that year? Jeez, I don't even remember. Oh, I can't remember. I had this in my head. Should have wrote it down. Yeah. But he he went uh, was it? Ben, it was Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons went he first was one overall. that year. Yeah. And and Ingram was two. And there was talk like Ingram could go one. But the thing is, coming these, out of Duke, he, he was a fantastic have, player. These guys haven't developed. I don't know if it's because they're in LA and it's yeah. tough to develop in that fishbowl. Well, they developed their sleeve tattoos pretty good. But it's people that don't like for me, it's like you have to do whatever the Pelicans want, give them. And this is why. Anthony Davis is 25 years old. He's a franchise changing player. It's not like it's not like you're getting a 
32-year-old guy. Yeah. And, like, you know, LeBron's 34. Or 33? 34? And so even when LeBron's done, you still will have Anthony Davis from age 29 on. And those four first-round picks that can't be concurrent because of rules, so it'd yeah. be like... It'd be like this. Twenty. It'd be nineteen, twenty-one, twenty-three, twenty-five. Yeah. Well, guess what? That's that's only like, what, seven years? Exactly. So Anthony Davis will be thirty-two. He's what he's. If he's not the best player in the game, he's top three. And I think that's what's frustrating for the Lakers right now is they they they're saying they're like we've offered you everything, we've offered you everything we have, and you're not caving. Yeah. So that's what leads me to believe this is going to go on into the offseason. And I don't think that would be bad for the Pelicans. I really it don't. It wouldn't be bad for the Pelicans. It would be awful for the Lakers, though. Of course. Because so that's what—that's why they're holding out right now. They're yeah. saying, give us your best dog. Give us more than that. Yeah, it's true. They're it's holding true. them hostage. And the Lakers should. Like, to be quite honest, the Lakers should give them more. Because the Lakers cannot compete with the Celtics offer whatever they do. No. Nope. Uh, because the Celtics Celtics guys, have the draft picks and the, and yeah. the player that everybody wants. And... Better younger players. Exactly. And and there's always the chance. Now, Paul George may be the outlier, but there's always the chance. Because Anthony Davis has said, like, if I don't go to these four teams, I'm not going to resign. But Paul George was rumored to go to L.A. like it was a foregone conclusion. OKC took the chance. Yeah. He ended up resigning. Things can he change. Could be, he, it could be the new rule or the outlier. But the Lakers can't, the Lakers can't afford to take that chance because they have LeBron James. They are in win-now mode, and, and as such, they need to go get him. Absolutely. If they want four first-round picks plus two seconds, fine. I Here. Think, I think everything we're talking about is the reason why this is dragging out. Yeah. Because the Lakers need him extremely badly right now. He wants to go to the Lakers. LeBron James wants him. The Lakers want him. Magic wants him. And Del Demps from the Pelicans is saying, okay, how bad? Yeah, how, how bad? bad do you want him? Yeah, how many? How many Show more? me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and also... Uh, there's also rumors that in the offseason, uh, Kyrie could opt out and then go play for the Lakers because him and AD are friends if, if AD ends yeah, up there. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, and and they, him and LeBron seem to have mended fences. Right. Which would just be... It's, and Knicks fans, everyone would cry if yeah. that was the case. And also Celtics fans. Right. And the thing we should point out, too, about the Celtics is that uh, the Celtics were not on the list for Anthony Davis of teams he was willing to re-sign with in yeah. the offseason. Well, and his dad came out and said, like, they have no loyalty the way they treated Isaiah Thomas. Right, that's right, yeah. And you know what? When that all went, oh, here we go, we have another trade. Pelicans got Markeith Morris from the Wizards for Wesley Johnson. Just, just non-stop right now. Holy shit. Wojnarowski is working yeah. 24 hours a day at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's not going to sleep <laughs> until, until Saturday or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, I was going to say, uh, Danny Ainge, uh, according to Chris Mannix, who's a great NBA reporter, Danny Ainge is operating in the sense that he wants Anthony Davis, even though Anthony Davis says he's not going to resign. Yeah. So, or he wouldn't sign with the Celtics. But according to Chris Mannix, Danny Ainge is operating the same way as he would anyway, saying we want to get him in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, if you win a title and he walks, it's all worth it. Because titles are hard to win. The, right. the Warriors make it look really freaking easy. Yeah. But it is hard to win a title. So I can see why they want to go all in. Especially this year because you don't know if Kyrie's coming back. Right. You know? Because yeah. he came out and said he don't owe anybody shit. But then he's also said he, he was totally open to resigning too. That's the problem as well too. Is these guys aren't being these guys aren't saying exactly what they want. Or they don't know what they want. Well, and that, 
and and that's the beauty of the NBA. Where where in MLB nothing happens. No. The NBA, it's almost insane how much things that happen. And good on the players. They the thing is is that as fans, we tend to side with the teams. Mm-hmm. Like whoever we cheer for, the team is always right. The players are always wrong. They're always dicks. But it's kind of cool to see the players take a lot of this into their own hands because the team can trade a player at any point. Right. But if the player asks for a trade, he's an asshole. Yeah. Like <laughs> what? Like like it kind of it's 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 kind of funny how we treat the players. Which is the ones we go to see, right? But the we support we the side teams. on the ownership. Yeah, it's kind of funny how how a lot of fans are yeah. uh, with in that regard. So that, I think it's neat that Anthony Davis is is dictating where he's going to go. Uh, I think it's actually really nice of him to tell the the Pelicans to trade him and get assets for him. The, these guys aren't operating. These guys are operating under the rights that they have been collectively bargained for. So nobody's doing anything wrong here. Uh, so I don't blame them. Yep. Yeah, so it's just insane. I'm sure next week I'm hoping we're talking about Anthony Davis in another uniform just because it's fun to talk about, and and that's all I hope for. And even though Toronto is rumored to be in on it, obviously that's not happening. So I don't think so. It's too bad. Uh, well, that's... and the rumor coming out of Toronto was uh, they offered Jonas Valanciunas and, um, Kyle Lowry. and Kyle Lowry to the Grizzlies for Mike Conley and Marc Gasol. And, yeah, and that was interesting because I, I like both those players on the Grizzlies. And, and I like Valanciunas, and I like Lowry as well. So it was just, to me, that almost seems more lateral move because uh, I think Conley's healthier than Lowry. Lowry seems to be breaking down. His back is really fucked up. I like Conley a lot as a point guard. So that would be the one where I would... And I Conley would, signed for two more seasons. Okay, so that's really nice. So I like that. The thing about the Gasol-Valanciunas, I think Gasol is on his way down where I think Valanciunas is still maybe increasing his uh, value a little bit or, yeah. or staying the same. yeah. So. Whereas I think Gasell has a, a lot of uh, miles on the chassis. Uh, I just think he's breaking down a bit. Yeah, and um, he's got a player option next year for like $28 million or something like yeah. that. So if you were to acquire him, I'm sure that one of the things to be said was like if we like like agreed upon is that you have to decline your player option right now so we have right. cap flexibility going into the summer. Right, yeah. Right. So so what I would say is that if you could swap Conley for Lowry, I would do that and then keep Valanciunas. I think that would be ideal. But it's, it's interesting. And Conley and Gasol are both rumored to be on the move uh, just because the Grizzlies are looking for like a, re, a refresh. Yeah, re- yeah they're done. Um, so just insanity. I'm sure next week when we uh, when we drop another one here, another podcast, it's going to be talking about all these moves that happen and the NHL still will have only one move done. And no, <laughs> nobody will be signed in MLB yet. That, that's right. Harper and Machado will still be sitting there without jobs. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good night. Have a great week.